I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Starring Meredith Levy, who hasn't been here in a little while. And Doug Friedman, who is inconsistent. Yep. Because that's Doug. That's right. That's right. I am consistent in most things. I'm actually such a creature of habit. And then some things I'm not consistent in, but for the most part, I am. I've said this too about you, that if it ever came down to anything, I could 100% count on you. Like if I called you and was like, Mayor, uh, this broke, we have to record in person. You have to come out to my place. You would absolutely be here. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yep. Course. For sure. I'd be like, I'm on my way right now. I would leave my house and I'll see you in three hours because you live so far away. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Truth is, I live far right. away from Doug. So Aww, we live far away from each other. Exactly. How have you been? I've been fantastic. Wow. I know. Not, yeah, not really. I've been pretty good though. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm still confused by all this like Oh, we can take our masks off. Oh, so confused. Socialize again. No, wait, we can't. But but it's not surging anymore. But it, I, I don't know, man. My my default is is just like, cool. I'm good. Let me know when it's over. I just leave my mask on for the most part. But I will say, in great news, yes. I went back to the office last week, starting two weeks ago. Like, really started going back. Oh wow! And clients are coming back, no problem. Yeah, they all want to come back. I nice. have to say, I really feel like a human being again. It is so Aww. different. I feel yeah. I'm like, oh my God, look, it's a different Starbucks than when I go to. Oh my God, look, hey, parking guy. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi, elevator. <laughs> look, here's my desk. Oh, it's so nice. I get up, I take a shower, I put on real person clothes, I drive to work, I go to work. I leave work mm-hmm. and I come home or I do whatever. It is life altering. I thought I would be the last time around when it was an option for those two weeks, I was really anxious and nervous and I didn't want to like right. do it. Now I just, once I did it, I was like, fuck yes, this is so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know, it's interesting because that's not even about being in the room with clients, which is what no. we've talked about before, like being in the room and feeling their energy. That's fantastic. You're talking about just that routine yeah, and, and doing that again. And you're right. I mean, I even like my drive to my office. Right. Gives me a chance to listen to music, listen to a podcast, yeah. listen to nothing and just yeah. chill. And it's, yeah. it's great. And then being there and seeing people like, oh. you know, I don't have a parking guy, but that, that idea like, <laughs> hey, parking, like I, I miss even going into a grocery store yeah. and, and talking to the, to the cashier. Like, yeah. It's it's weird, those things that we just take for granted that were a part of our daily fabric, and now it's not. Seeing my clients in person, my Lord, I'm like, oh my God, have I been a horrible therapist for two years? Because I am so much better in person. <laughs> I can't even tell you. And we're all less fill in the blank on Zoom, I think, whatever that means. I'm less focused. I'm less present and engaged, even though I am focused when I'm at my office, I'm talking and then I like will sit towards the edge of my sheet seat when I'm like talking to somebody and I intense eye contact and it's just the energy and the, yeah. it's just so different. And no, I'm not super distracted, but it's hard to not have like, oh, hummingbird out my window. Like, okay. 
it's funny because the 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 hummingbird out my window is the thing that keeps me going on Zoom. Like I will not stare at my screen the entire time. It, it's too hard on my eyes. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. I will look at outside. I'm doing it right now, looking outside my window right here. And in person with the client right across from you in the same room, your eyes can scan around. That's right. You can still have your focus on them, but there's more around you when you're yep. just staring at a little box. Yeah with their face on it. That's two dimensional. It's so hard. It's, it's so hard. hard. It's so hard. Yeah. I almost, almost prefer my clients that like the phone sessions over zoom sessions, because you can, I have a little more freedom to like walk around to, you know, to gaze around to not even look at anything. And we're yeah. just talking and we're talking the whole time. You're yeah. fully engaged, but you don't have that same zoom fatigue of staring at a screen yeah so anyway i'm very grateful for that hopefully Good. fingers crossed it stays yeah and even loosens more absolutely and other good news one other great thing yes. that i've talked about sure. many times daylight yes. savings is coming up <laughs> yeah, yeah, i yeah, almost yeah, sent yeah. you an article about them them about i think congress pushing to make it like national, what is it? No more daylight savings time or permanent daylight savings time. You always correct me on this. I don't remember which one I like, like, but not changing clocks anymore is what they're going for. Right. Right. So I think Arizona is standard time, not changing clocks anymore. I think we would be daylight savings time, not changing clocks anymore. And that's the one, that's the one I like better, right? Yeah. Where it stays late, light. Light, Light later. Late. Lighter yeah. later. Lighter later. So lighter, eventually later. we have like four, 15 hour days or something that of light. Yeah. I think the thing I don't like is when it's five o'clock and I'm done working and it's like dark with stars outside. Yeah. No. That seems stupid. No. So next week or whenever it is week after or something right now, I think the sun sets at 545. It's going to start setting at 645. However, okay. that also yeah. means it will still, it'll be darker in the morning. And eventually as we go, it starts yeah. to go in both directions, lighter later and lighter earlier. I'm okay with that. Like one of my favorite things is to go hiking in the morning and yeah. seeing the sunrise. Right. And when it's 630 and I'm doing that, okay. When it's 530, like, no, that ain't going to happen. Right. So if it if it's a little later, I'm okay with that. Okay. I endorse All right. that. All right. I approve. All right. That has my vote. Okay. Yay. Yeah. You know what else has my vote? I don't know. Yes. I was gonna go for a segue, but before I segue, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will, I will say that one thing that was really cool in this this particular session you guys are about to hear is Drew and I started talking about him listening or him reading some no no, yeah. I read him some comments. What's actually cool and in a weird meta way is in real time, like currently, I believe it was a week or two ago, I read Drew an actual current comment that we got from from one of you on the Patreon. Yeah. And it was it was brilliant to me and it really did get him choked up, which was Aww. so cool. I mean, Love. he literally teared up and got a little choked up. And the the comment, I'll read it, said, I love that Drew feels like he's quote just now growing. I've heard so much growth in a year. He deserves so much more credit than what he's giving himself. 
And he took that and he was really touched. And part of it was being really touched that somebody recognizes his growth and that meant a lot to him and him then feeling that growth. But he really, he really, really does. And you'll hear it in the session. He really does have a desire to help people. And when other people are being helped by what he's doing, it brings him such a a sense of fulfillment. And he's, he's so appreciative of that, which is amazing. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. What a gem for him to hear that. Yeah. And he, he largely does not like to listen to the podcast anymore, but he does like to hear about some comments and hear about some things and getting him to read like a particular comment every now and then it's, it's cool to to see it have an effect on him, especially as we're talking about his growth and times when he's maybe not feeling it or doubting it just to have that reinforcement from somebody who's not just his therapist is pretty cool. Well, thank God that you are his therapist as opposed to me because, uh, (laughs) because the comments, everybody loves Doug, which I support. You're an amazing therapist. I'm not Drew's therapist, but if I were Drew and some of the comments about me, I'd be like, damn, dude, (laughs) is that my therapist? Like, why is everyone hating on her? I'm a little intense. It's fine. I'm not, this isn't self-deprecating <laughs> at all, but I'm glad that Drew gets to hear positive comments about himself and you. Thank you. Yeah. And to your credit, we have a different type of client, like your yeah. clients fucking love you and, and they, they love what they do with you. How you process things with, with them is much right. different than how I process with Drew or with Sarah. Right. No, I would like yeah. come into session. I want to do a session with you and Drew, even though I can't be like, okay. Tell me everything. Let me see photos of what you wore to the wedding. <laughs> what designs do you do? Right. Let me see your dog right. first and foremost. And then we can oh, talk about yeah. things. Like, yeah. come on. His dog has gotten huge, by the way. Really? It's a French bulldog, but it is oh, big. Peanut. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And there's some some nice spoilers that I'm not giving you that, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll give you that same vibe. It'll be cool. Well, and also this is right. This is session after you did one of the Drew episodes with your mom, which was amazing. That's right. That was cool. I actually talked to Drew about that and he was like, oh, I got a big drive coming up. Maybe I'll listen to that one. Like, yeah, I think it was really cool to hear. Well, (laughs) it was really cool for me because it was my mom. I think it will be cool for Drew to hear how I am with my mom, knowing how he is with his mom and how that's changing and evolving. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it was so, I mean, your mom's adorable and intelligent and sweet and just like you. Oh, she's also a great therapist and has been for, for many, many decades. So to kind of go through it with her is neat because we, she listens to the podcast regularly, both on the Patreon and the main podcast. We'll talk about Sometimes I'll just call her just to chat and she'll say, so I was just listening to you. Actually, more accurately, I will call her and hear my you and me talking in the background. I'm oh like, my god! Mom, Mom, turn, turn, press pause. She's like, wait, wait, is that you or is that the pie? Which, which one's talking to me? I'm like, amazing. Ugh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's cool. Not one of my family members listens to it, but you know, hey, that's cool. I love them anyway. Oh, I listen to it, Meredith. I know. I mean, mostly because it's me, but you know, yeah. Of course. That's cool. <laughs> well, let's maybe let's let's do it. All right. Why don't you guys listen to it and we will be back to break it down in a few.
I think when we first started this, the one person, you know, we could change one person's life. That was the point. And I think we're right in line with that. I always thought that I was here for somebody else to change. And I think the one person that I really was thinking about in all of that, maybe subconsciously, was me. I'm wanting to fix myself and all of this too. And uh, right. and I, I, again, I think we're right in line with that. And it's right on point. Yeah. I think I was so afraid to listen to our podcast and look at the comments and do all of that for the good and the bad. Right. I, I think I was more focused on the bad and what people would say and, and how they receive it, which distracted me from even looking at the good. Hmm. I think it's very interesting now to kind of change my perspective of the one person and look inwardly instead of outwardly. And and wanting to go read comments and see where people are at, because like the good and the bad don't really matter. They don't affect what we're doing or who I am. Right. It's just kind of like part of it. I think that's really, um, again, a testament to my self-confidence, too, and kind of where I'm at. And I think that feels really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll scratch that a little bit. The, yeah. the part that I love with that is the self-confidence, like knowing I'm good. This is what I'm doing. It's a tool. It's not because I'm crazy or because things are wrong. It's because I'm taking care of myself. And the scratch for me is when we first started, you were like, yeah, I just don't want my mom to find out. Yeah, right. I think you're closer to realizing like however she is with it is on her. I don't control that. Right. I know how I am and I'm good. But there's right. some of that that's still unresolved and however confident we might be, we're still a little worried or aware of how somebody might take it. I think you're absolutely right that I'm not quite there yet. Mm. And I think I have a couple of lessons to, to learn between here and there. And I think the big one right now is my independence and kind of where I'm at and figuring life out for my own. I, I think that's been really helping me in the sense of seeing where my mom's at and in our relationship and being able to have more real conversations with her. I've been having weird revelations throughout the last couple of weeks of just kind of where I'm at and what I'm doing and hmm. and how I see things and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like the idea of, again, being in the world alone, right? Oh, we talked about therapy and, and the things, the steps I'm doing to kind of like be not stressed and kind of smell the roses and like that kind of thing. And I realized kind of right then and there, I said, yeah, well, you can only talk to so many people. You can only do so much therapy. You can only do so many things until it ultimately reflects back into you and you just got to deal with it by yourself. Mm. And so it was like a weird kind of revelation of like, I mean, my whole life, but more specifically the last 18 months, I've really looked for a community and, and people to kind of do this with. And again, I think this is going back to my lessons I'm learning. I think I needed that first to now understand that I can be okay on my own mm. and still have community and where that fits into everything. And so as I'm learning these kind of lessons, it's opening my mind to the type of conversation I want to have with my mom. Because I think when we first started, it would have been a lot of accusations and a lot of blaming and a lot of, I'm this way because you did this and, and those kind of conversations. Right. Whereas now I think it's more understanding. And, and now that I'm kind of testing the waters of what it is to be by myself and, and on my own, I kind of understand the struggles a little bit more real of what it is to be an adult and what she went through. I think I'm getting better at the the thought of that conversation and I'm not as timid or scared of it. And I think I need a little more green brain in me to be able to get to that. Well said. Well said. I, I think you're right. I think there's there's something to that that you're recognizing. I'm getting the experience. I'm not quite there yet in terms of the talk with my mom and, and all the buildup that I've had for that. But in terms of relying on yourself. That's huge. I'm hearing that in you and seeing that in you. And it's such a great strength. I mean, you've 
been able to be for everyone else, the thing that they can rely on, the thing that will go above and beyond the thing. Okay. You're starting to feel that for yourself more and more. There was an interesting transition that you went through where it went from being so reliant on parents to let me find my community or my people. And it was interesting the way when I said safety net for the first time, we were talking about being financially independent from parents. You were like, no, I don't want that. I'm like, wait, a safety <laughs> net is just there in case you fall. And you're like, yeah, I don't even want that. You know, you're very, <laughs> you're laughing, right? Um, what, what hits you when I say that? My spectrum of all in, all out mentality and, and being completely mm-hmm. reliant on myself of like, fuck everybody else. I got this. I think that's where right. ego really comes into play for me. I, I don't see that as a confidence mm-hmm. thing. I see that more as an ego thing. Where does that sit now as you, as you think about that? I think the ego thing was more something to prove to somebody. It was a lot more of like, well, look what I can do by myself. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard for me when I get the 10% of disappointment in people when I really need them there. Yeah. I think that's something I'm still kind of understanding. And I think that's kind of what a safety net is to me, to where it's like you're falling 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're caught. Right. And so I think that's kind of like where I'm at, where I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather just fall at that point than to be caught in the last 10%. Yeah, it's interesting because as, as you're describing that, what I hear in that is the instability of my parents. Mm. If the 10% was going to be there 100% of the time, cool. <laughs> right. Then I know I can fall 90% and I'll be caught for that last 10. That's what a safety net is. That's a reliable mm-hmm. safety net. I know if I fall off the tightrope, something's got me. Your experience, I think, still has been, no, that 10% is there like 50% of the time. Yeah, and I I think the hard thing for me too is financially it's there 100% of the time, no doubt, like no doubt. It's the emotional piece that lacks. It's barely there 20% of the time. You know what I mean? Like it's very lacking in in that way. And so I think the confusing thing for me growing up is, is now I can support like relationships. If I can support that 100% financially, then I feel like I don't have to put 50% emotionally into it. Because mm. I, I think that's kind of how I was brought up and how I see things. I don't think that's how I want to be. No. And I don't think it's the way I want to live. Right. But I do think that's in me. And I think that's still in me. Yeah, you, you've been growing from that. Something you said early on with old girlfriend. I'm trying to roll $100 dinners on a $500 a week budget. I can't do that. If I can be needed by somebody, mm-hmm. financially or not, just needed by somebody, then they'll want me around. Right. And as we've kind of pulled those apart and looked at those, I think you've been able to recognize the value of being present as yourself authentically. And that's the thing people will want to have around and it hits that choice, not obligation. Right. I see that growth in you, which is awesome. And mm-hmm. that's your experience now. Sure. Growing up, it wasn't. And finances have always, I think for you, gotten like muddy and mixed into that. Because mm-hmm. the idea of a safety net being there, like financially, they're always going to be there. Okay. So if I'll just pull a random example. If you got to go to the ER, you might have like some weird problem <laughs> with your heart. Right. <laughs> and you don't yeah, know right. whether or not you have health insurance, right? That's mm-hmm. time for safety net. 
Right. And where you were at just a few weeks ago with that exactly is you were like, mm-hmm. no, I, I want to do it myself. I want, you were like, no, I don't even want the safety net. Right. What do you think of that now as we're talking about it? When I hear you say it now, the first thing that kind of pops up in my head is that I'm scared that it's not going to be there. And I think the fear of asking for it and not getting it when I need it the most is one of my biggest fears. Mm. And and I think that's a perfect example for what we're talking about, too, because, like, they were here 100% financially and supported me, like, really how I, quote, unquote, needed it. But the stuff that you can't quite define, at least I can't put words on it and what that is as far as, like, emotional support. Because my mom, she was like, I'll be down there tomorrow. Like, I'm coming. And to a degree is supportive in the emotional spectrum that we're talking about. But for me, what I needed was a different type of help. Yeah, and and I think the the text of checking in and and calling me to make sure I'm okay. I received that from my grandma and my auntie, you know, some friends and and my parents have here and there for the last three weeks, right? That I could actually count when they reach out to me, mm. and I think that hurts a lot. You know, I'd rather be ten thousand dollars in debt and kind of figuring that out for myself than trying to figure out why they're not the way they're not there the way I want them to be, and I and I also understand that they're humans and live their own lives and I can't control the way they show up. I've had conversations with them of, of expressing like what I need and when I need it and, and kind of how. And it's very much like, hey, mom, like, I'm really struggling right now. And, and to put it in context, I, I'm completely out of money. You know, I paid rent uh, this weekend and took care of that, took care of my car payment. And after that, I had like 37 bucks left. And so I knew that two weeks ago when I needed this money. Right. And so I... Uh, I have another savings account, nothing crazy, but that's supposed to be like my legit savings savings. Right. And I was like, hey, mom, like I need to pull like 500 bucks from this. This is really bad. And like, I, I need to do this. It's my money. Like I shouldn't even have to explain it. Right. <laughs> and she said, no. And I was like, what do you like? What do you mean? No. And, and I understand the concept of her trying to have me save money, but she's not in my day to day life and she has no idea what I got going on. And right. And so it's not fair for her to make that judgment call. And it's not her call anymore. And I say that because I went out and found money on my own and and got what I needed. And and I figured it out, which gave me a huge boost of confidence in myself of knowing that I can do this and I can figure it out and I I will be okay. So all in all, it's kind of weird to be in a spot where like, I feel like I'm going one way and they're going a different way. It's in some ways the battle of dependence. In other ways, it's not about dependence. It's about control. I love that you're talking about the emotional support that you need. Mm. And we've talked about how sometimes that gets clouded when financial support is in there. And they get mixed and they get, sometimes there's strings on it. If we can separate the financial from the emotional, it's strictly business. It's not personal. Yeah, strictly business. Pies don't lie, Chico. (laughs) Hey, finance is like, hey. I got to go get checked out by a cardiologist for my heart. I don't have the health health insurance in place. Can you either get it in place or make sure you can pay for it? Because I need to get this taken care of. Transactional. Mm-hmm. And, and hearing you say that is re- it, it's weird because I feel like I have a very transactional relationship with my parents. Because I probably couldn't tell you a time where we've had a conversation that wasn't transactional. Yeah. And that might be how they're comfortable. Might be how you're comfortable right now. Okay. The other side of that coin, the emotional side, 
is, yeah, I'm having some problems with my heart. I have to get checked out by a cardiologist and I'm really scared. Mm -hmm. Not asking for anything. I'm just saying I'm really scared. Right. And separating those and seeing those as two different things gets mixed and muddied. And at times you might want to bring that I'm scared to somebody else. Sometimes you want your mom and you can feel like a, a scared little kid, like little Drew. If we separate that from the transaction of, I need some financial support for this. I need my safety net for this. That's the transactional. But I, I, I think that emotional piece can still be there. We just have to separate those two. And maybe for your parents, it is about control for them in some way, whether consciously or unconsciously, I don't know. For mom, she has financial control over you or has had for, for a long time. She controlled your accounts. So for her, that control of saying, yes, you can have money for this. Yes, you can withdraw money for this. For her, having that control is, ready for this one, showing that she's necessary. I totally feel that. That's a lot of the reason why it took me so long to move out of my house. It was why it took so long to really find independence in my own bank accounts. And I think it's a bigger conversation because my mom controls all my dad's finances too, right? My dad's very much like me, and we just like to spend money and kind of take care of people. And if we go out, like, we want to be the ones to buy the dinner. You know what I mean? Like, very similar in that aspect. Not that she gives him an allowance, too, but kind of in a roundabout sort of way. And so inherently, I think she's kind of projected that on me as well. Because I feel like I'm broke as shit all the time. And it's, it's a huge reason of my anxiety and my constant train of thought of where am I going to get money? Who am I going to get money from? What kind of job can I go get? Like, it's crazy that this is my mindset and it has been for so long. And so I think the more independence I'm finding with myself in the financial world, I'm also understanding the type of relationship I have with my parents. And now that it's non-transactional, you know, we don't really have transactions to talk about. We don't really talk that much. Does that bother you? I think it bothers little Drew. Definitely. Deep down, yes. But like surface level, like no, not at all. As we're walking through the... the idea of transactional they've never had a kid your age doing what you're doing you've never had parents doing what they're doing it's new territory and recognizing what do i need right now and what do i want right now i might need financial support okay i might not want it but i might need it i might want emotional support And if I need it, can I get it other places or do I get it? It's balancing that. It's seeing what it's like. Man, I I remember when you were like, yeah, I'm going to try not texting them every morning and seeing if I don't text my mom every morning, what do I hear back? Yeah, I think uh, growing pains is the best way to say it. I think it sucks, but I also think I'm better off because of it. Right. I'm more in tune and more aware of what real life is, I think, because of it. Maybe it's just adjusting and adapting to and getting used to. And as much as you can go, yeah, well, little Drew was like this. And they have a little version of themselves too. Right. In some ways, even though they're your parents and even though they're adults, they're still the little version of themselves also. Yeah. No, and I've been thinking about that a lot too. And I, mm. I think I'm extremely blessed for the awareness factor that I have in myself. Hmm. inwardly and outwardly i think both sides of that i think that's a huge uh, blessing in my life and something i was given for whatever reason and i think that a lot of people call it an old soul or insight or whatever that is 
And I think it's just because I care a lot emotionally. And I'm not saying my parents don't. I think the awareness of like my self-care, right? Of like, I care about myself. I really do a lot. And I want myself to be better so that I can go live a happy life and be there for people and enjoy smelling the roses down the walk of life. I think what I'm seeing a lot in my life as of late is how certain situations affect people for like really negative and it really sticks with them for so long and can devastate them their entire lives. Right. And I think as I'm understanding the way I'm moving and grooving and kind of like dealing with the, the lumps and bruises of what life is, hmm. I'm looking now kind of taking a step back and, and yeah, I mean, like I am doing a lot of this on my own. Like, sure I am. And I have a fucking gangster community that I don't think 99.9% of the world gets. And so like 90% of me is really happy for myself and 10% of it feels really bad because it's it's like one of those gifts that like I really want to give them and be like, hey, like I know I'm your kid, but I can still be your community. I can still be there for you and we can still do this walk of life together. And I think that they're just in as human to human, non-parent to kid, I don't feel like we're in the same circle if that makes sense as far as like wanting to be better and wanting to be there for people and community and do shit together well if my parents can do all this why don't they just do everything for me well you need to prepare yourself once you can prove that you're a green beret then okay (laughs) yeah uh, you got it it's so weird it's sort of like when we can see that you're well prepared for everything then you won't need us anymore Right. But wait, it's when I'm not well prepared. That's when I actually need you. Where are where are you? You know, my parents have really like like really supported me in a lot of ways, emotional and financial, and like all the support that I've been given as a human being. Right. I don't know if I went down a rabbit hole or what this thought came from, but it was along the lines of how are you guys going to support me like that for 26 years and rise? I'm about to like make it. You just kind of stop. It's a weird feeling. To now somewhat be on my own, be mad broke, stare success in the face, and not have my parents right by my side to do it with me the way I kind of envisioned it or the way I thought it would be. Not to say that they've turned their backs on me by any means. They're still there and I can still call them at any point, but it's not to that deeper level where I'm trying to break through to. I've experienced that level with people before. I just have never with my parents in the sense of like going to the very beginning of this conversation of the conversation I want to have with my mom. I don't think we've broken through that level of honesty and, and trust. I'm wanting to have that conversation with my mom and I don't feel like I have that trust yet. I don't feel like I'm there yet in order to have that conversation, right? Okay, now you're smiling. And, and I feel like I need to trust myself to be able to go have that conversation in the sense of going back to the very beginning of this, the good and the bad. If it goes really good, I don't think it should affect my life in a massive way. If it goes really bad, I don't want it to affect my life in a massive way. I think that's where I'm looking for more of the consistency factor in my life. I want to be able to get more consistent on an on a even keel level of relationships, of what that looks like to me in my life and not devastating me or throwing everything I have into them. I want to think about that one. It's possible that we don't even need parents for that, for that aspect. But that idea of being able to have that trust to break through, to have that conversation with her, maybe at some point when you have, don't want to call it strength, because it's not about strength, 
maybe acceptance of that's the way it was and that's the way she is, that we don't need to have that conversation with her. I think coming into therapy, I blamed a lot of my problems on my mom. And I think I, I blamed a lot of the reason the way I was and rationale of why I am the way I am is like, oh, well, this makes sense because this happened to me here. And that's kind of like my thought process of, oh, well, once I can have this conversation with my mom, I'll be better. And I don't think that's the case necessarily anymore. It's not such a big thought to me anymore of what this conversation is, because I don't, I don't think this is the fix all for me. I think the fix all for me is internal and what I'm doing and what we're doing here and me being able to bring this into my real life and, and doing it day to day. I think that's the conversation. Right. Because that, that's not going to come from mom. Best thing a therapist ever said to me was, it is your mother's fault. Now, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah. The idea that, that we're just hitting, that you're just hitting is all about the now, what are you going to do about it? Right. Because it's not about blaming her. Right. It's not going to resolve anything. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to go backwards, not forwards. Sometimes we need to go backwards just to look and validate what happened to us. Right. It is my mother's fault. What? That I'm this way or that this happened to me. Yeah. Okay. Let's understand that. Let's validate that because that was little Drew's experience. Okay. And now as big Drew, how do you want to be? What do you want to do? Makes me think of one of my favorite scenes from the Avengers movies. It was the Guardians of the Galaxy people. It was a scene with them. One of them goes, where is G Gamora? And the other one is yeah. like, oh, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? And then the, <laughs> the big dude um, goes, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> it was total improv line. And it was like one of the best moments. Yeah. I think of that for you with this right now, because it's sort of like trying mm -hmm. to figure out where's my relationship with my parents? Like, well, who are your parents? Who are you? And who's that? You know, then just going, I got a better question. <laughs> Why? And it's like, what yeah. is your motivation? What is your intention? It's not to get right. my mom to change because she's not going to. And that's a bummer. Right. And we can process that too. Sure. It's not to get her to acknowledge Mm -hmm. Like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sorry you went through that. That might feel nice. Okay. Surface level, yeah. Surface level. But that's important, too. You know, you shrug it off now right. as we talk about it. But I guarantee that it, in some moments for you, that's big. I mm -hmm. want her to apologize. Yeah. I want the validation that I went through this and that it was fucked up. Mm. Okay. The sort of why is Gamora question is, <laughs> all right, now what? Yeah. That's the one where if we can answer that, that's the self-confidence. Then yes. it's cool. I, I have this. Now I don't necessarily need to have the conversation with her. I'm not going to change her. I don't need her validation. It sucks that she doesn't get it. Okay. It stuck, sucks that maybe she's still the little her in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm the big me. So to go back to my parents, you know, it's kind of been a mindset I've had. And not showing up where I'm at right now. And not and not to say that I'm not proud of where I'm at right now. Like, I still don't want them to come down here. They would still go stay at a nice hotel and do their thing and rent a car and come over. And, and why isn't this this way? Why isn't this that way? And you should do better than this. And why isn't your car clean? And, you know, go down the list. I'm proud of where I am. Like, I, I love where I'm at. And I don't, I don't feel the... Not the praise, but the proudness 
that I've always looked for in my parents and, and what that is. And I think going back to wanting my dad to be partners with me and all that kind of stuff too. It's again, you know, one of those weird kind of thoughts that I'm going through and kind of navigating. It's a path. And there are going to be moments right. when you'll want that and you'll find it other places or you'll want that and you'll want it from them and it won't be there. There will be times when you won't really want it and you will get it from them. And it's cool. You right. know, who knows? And it'll be all different combinations of it. What yes. we're trying to leave room for and open up is that I don't require it. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I need that in order to be me, in order to move forward, and that often doesn't go well. Yeah. And that's setting us up for disappointment. Yeah. I like the requirement. That's good. Right. When it's not a requirement, it takes a lot of the pressure off of us to look for it, to find it, to get it or the disappointment of not getting it, you know, and then it frees us up to just take what it is that we actually get from them, which might be inconsistent, but if I'm not requiring it, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. In a lot of this, we're working against that obligation. The more you walk your walk with authenticity, the more what you're looking for will be all around you. There's the abundance. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I love that. And we are back. Welcome back. Welcome. So nice to see you again, Meredith. I know. It's been so long. I know. I haven't seen you in like almost a half an hour. I know. It makes me sad when that happens. Aww. So. Yes, um. I love, I know we talked about this in the beginning, but when you guys talked about Drew listening and starting Uh, to feel a little more confident as he listens to some of the comments, it warms my heart. I'm like, yeah, listen or don't listen either way. But when you choose to listen or choose to read the comments, because you're feeling like, okay, a little more secure in doing that, regardless of what he ends up reading. I like that. Yeah. It's interesting. He was saying, like, when reading it to him, the the comments and how we were talking, like, one of the first things he says is, I thought that I was here for somebody else to change. Mm-hmm. And I just realized it, it was me. I'm like, oh, yeah. For so many people that are having trouble in their relationships, whether it's a parent, a family member, a loved one, or a friend, or work, right. they sometimes come in or will say, like, how do I get this person to change? Like, this person is reacting this way. This person... And the focus is on someone else and they realize, oh, wait, the change that comes is over me. Right. That's kind of what he got to say. And that was, that was neat that he, that he got that. And and that idea of looking inward instead of looking outward is is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and then I think you guys were talking about safety nets and as I listened to it, it was enlightening, I guess a little bit. You turned the um, safety net thing into the 90%, 10%. Right. And it was like, it came out as like sort of a negative thing on his end. But then you were saying, but that's what a safety net is. Like you're 90% good, but the 10% is like when you need the safety net. It's like, well, who can I call when I go to jail? Hopefully I'll never go to jail. And I don't need that many people that I need to call. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, that safety net ideally is there to just in case. To catch you. Yeah. yeah, just in case. That's, I think he was, his mentality was that, and he even said it, the all in or all out men- mentality. Right. So to him, 
it was safety net is someone else takes over and goes all in when I can't. Well, I don't right. want that. Like, right. Well, wait, hang on. And being able to break it down to like, right, it's just that, that you got it 90% of the time. That 10% right. is just cool. If I, if I fall, someone's there to catch me. Right. And what we realized and what we were able to say in this way is that his parents are inconsistent. They're there 50-50. Right. So if they're there 50-50 for that 10%, right. and he, he needs that, and they're not there, yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, So exactly. looking at it that way, I think, was was cool. And he, he can understand the concept of safety net and separate that from parents being inconsistent. Yeah, and then he talked about, well, the transactional, when it comes, when you remove the emotional safety net or support or interactions, and it's just the more about financial, then it becomes very transactional. And it was, right. he said, if it's not about financial and it's not transactional, now we don't really have a lot to talk about. And I thought, right. wow, that's really sad. Is that a hundred percent accurate? Maybe it just feels like that right now, or maybe it is accurate. And I don't know if it's different with mom or dad. Yeah. And, and maybe slightly different for mom and dad, but regardless, the consistent thing there is him. And what was, what was really cool is when I asked him if that bothers him and he said, it, it bothers little Drew. Yeah. Like, oh man. Love that. He said that because that was, it's little Drew that wants that, that wants them there, that has seen safety net as them taking over. So I don't have to, it's, it's that almost that codependent piece. And then you said one of my favorite things I think I've heard you say, which oh. I say in a very different way, but it was so eloquently said, which is, well, also your parents have little versions of themselves. And right. I always say, look, like parents don't come with a handbook. Parents, not all parents are meant to be parents. Must be really fucking hard being a parent with the dialectic right. and- they signed up for it, whatever way, even if they didn't tend to, there was a sperm and an egg that got together and 95% of the time it's, or however percent of the time it's consensual. I don't know how many, now I regret saying that. But anyway, <laughs> for most of the part, anyway, parents are parents and that's what happens. And yeah, I mean, I'm 48 and I still feel like I have such a little version in me, parent or not parent to a dog or a plant or my niece and nephew or whether it was kids or yeah, like we all still have these little versions and how scary that must be to have these little versions while we also have kids with their own little version. Yeah. And a lot of times that little version exists well into somebody's adult and sometimes senior years. Yeah. My dad was somebody who in his eighties was still a little him. Yeah. You know, there was that version of him and it's whether it's a scared little kid or somebody whose needs weren't met, whatever it might be, that's something we often carry with us unless we check it and we grow it. Right. And even if we do, it's still there. It's still a part of us. And right. it's something where we blame our parents for that so much because they're the ones that brought us into the world. They're the ones that nurture or didn't nurture us, that abandoned or were there for us or smothered or whatever it might be. And it's, you know, you're, you saying like, yeah, there's no license for that. And that reminds me of, um, I mean, if you guys know this, you know, if you don't, I'm going to sound like an old, old, old guy because it was, 
the the movie Parenthood, not the TV oh, show, but you remember so that movie? So good, so good. Right, and if you remember, Keanu Reeves was in that. Mm-hmm. He played somebody's, uh, I think Martha Plimpton's boyfriend. The boyfriend, yeah. Right, and was it? Uh, God, was the kid? Was the kid Joaquin Phoenix? I think the kid was Joaquin. You might be Phoenix. right. You might be right. And he was like so withdrawn, and his dad wasn't around, and the mom, I think Diane Weist, right? I remember all these actors. That's crazy. Was like not really. Was lukewarm on Keanu Reeves' character. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and she was looking out for her kid. And then yeah. he has that that line where, I mean, very not PC to say, but he's like, you know, you need a license to buy a dog or to drive a car. Hell, you even need a license to catch a fish, but they'll let any butt reaming asshole be a father. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know? Such, and it's, oh my God, it was such a good imitation of his voice. Good <laughs> one. But he, th- that idea, like where he just kind of has that realization and her as the mom hears that and is like, wow, he gets it. And right, because there is a responsibility that you have. And it's something, Mary, you and I have been talking about recently with Drew. How did his parents not feel that responsibility and do something when their kid had a heart attack? That's yep. crazy. Crazy. Yeah, totally crazy. And I think that when was it you brought that up? I was laughing. You're like, and for example, Imagine right. if hypothetically right. somebody had a fucking heart, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example, shit. you went to the ER and you had a heart yeah. attack, right? Like what? Yep. You know me, I'm uh, the leaves and branches through the trees, through the forest. So just out of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. He's talking about how mom controls his finances and like he's broke and she says no to him getting, I don't understand. And, but he was like, it's my money. I don't, how, what, why doesn't he have his money if it's his money? Believe it or not, I've heard this from a fair number of clients where either they have at one point worked for the family Uh or done some work and the family's put them on payroll or just takes care of something. So one of the parents will kind of control the account or what's paid through there and it's a tax write-off or whatever it might be. But the the kid never has the experience of setting up their own bank account, setting up their own financial sense at all. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the case here where mom has always done his taxes and figured sure. out what he's getting paid and where it goes. And I think he's allowed that. He's been little Drew for a long time and been that all or nothing. So I'll just be nothing. Let them do all of it. And right. whatever. And okay. he's struggled. He said it many times, like trying to, and I even brought it up in this one, like trying to manage a relationship and a life when I've got like just this, this limited, limited budget, like you don't even know what your budget is. Right. So him having some financial growth is about him taking over that and not being, you know, the, the little Drew that needs to be 100% taken care of financially. It's right. Can I just say, hey, I might need a safety net financially. Like, can you help me out with rent this month? I'm a little short based on what my earnings are and based on this. But he's never done that. Yeah. A lot of people haven't done that. I know clients sometimes deep in their 30s that haven't done that before. Yeah. No, I definitely hadn't done that. Well, and then I just got cut off. But I definitely had, my parents gave me the money. So I had money in my account and then I had to do with it what, I was supposed to, but I, I mean, I get it. Then he said, how are you going to support me for 26 years? And then right when I'm about to make it, 
you just bail and, and, or I'm staring success yeah. in the face and then now I'm broke. So, and I think something else he touched on though, relating that is that I think what he was saying basically is that he's more aware or insightful or done the work or doing the work than his mom slash parents are. And, right. and that's, first of all, great. Second of all, we're in a totally, he, we, whatever generation than our parents are in terms of mostly going to therapy and having mental health be a more open conversation. And so I think there's that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting hearing you say that you and I have talked about mental health, mental illness, you know, those kinds of things. I also think that what we're talking about is emotional health. And he hasn't really, he hasn't grown up having his emotional needs acknowledged, validated, taken care of, nurtured, understood, understood by him. So a, a lot of what we're doing is tending to that now. And his mental health might be great. He might be able to get this stuff and understand this stuff and wrap his head around it. His emotional health, that's where I think little Drew comes in when he's emotionally feeling incapable or that child or that confidence or not confidence. And it's, it becomes mental when it's habitual, when it's patterned, when it's how we think, but he's really tending to his emotions. Yeah. I do. Th I mean, I, when I say mental health, I include both of those. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I see the distinction within the realm of working on self, however you do it. Right. Right. Just working on self. But yeah, I think he talked about having a conversation with his mom he doesn't feel like he's ready to have it yet because he wants to trust himself more and have some more consistency within relationships, whatever that means. And right. at some point he wants to have the conversation with her. I guess my question is, is he just talking about the big conversation of life sort of, of what's going on moving forward, money, relationship, that kind of stuff? I think it's become conflated right now, like where we are in this session, because yeah. it's less of that. The one that you're referring to is the one where she abandoned him okay. and she's not there for him and she's messed up. What I think he's talking about now is more of being able to rely on you for financial okay. support and that concept of a true safety net. And right. okay, I want to have the talk where I'm taking care of myself and- here's what that looks like. And here's what I need. And here's how you can support me now. And in the same sense that he was like, no, don't come down here right now. I don't want them to, to see me right here yet. Yeah. Especially because they're just going to take over and I'll feel like, oh, I need to go get my car cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was he right. was saying, you know? Right. So I think he's moving away from having that big, deep emotional talk of you abandoned me and you messed me up to, I would like to take care of myself and rely on you for some things, yet you're inconsistent and unreliable. Yeah. And the more he realizes that's the shift of the conversation he wants to have, I think the more he'll realize that's not the conversation I need to have with them. Yeah. I have it internally, then I don't need to have it with them. Right. They are bringing it full circle, going to be reliably inconsistent the way I joke with you. <laughs> that, About being, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally. And you're actually a great example of that is you, you would be a safety net for me. Yeah. I would have no problem with you being my emergency contact because in an emergency you are and you're nodding your head 100% right. drop everything. I'll be there. For you know, sure. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, 
nope, then cool. You're good. Right. That's it. Yeah. No, of course. And he's, he's moving towards that. And that's why you are his emergency contact. You don't mind not right. giving yourself a number. No, no, right? it's perfect. It works out that way. Then I can finally okay. meet him if there's an emergency. Right. Well, and then the, you know, one of the last things you brought up is you've said it before it's your mother's fault. So now what are you going to do with it? And it's funny because I remember starting right. therapy when I started therapy on my own, like on my own recognizance, when I decided to do it, <laughs> I remember being like, Oh, I have dad issues. Sorry. I can't say daddy or mommy. Um, I have dad issues. <laughs> it's all his fault. Everything's his fault. And then I was in therapy and then I was like, Oh, I actually, I have mom issues. It's all her fault. And then I was like, okay, it's nobody's fucking fault. It's life. I can have resentments or I can have feelings no matter what. And I will look back on things that shaped me to be who I am or maybe cause someone trauma or cause, and at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to say it's this parent's fault or that parent's fault. Again, with the caveat that unless there's some horrible trauma inflicted on somebody by their parents. Oh, like, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But that it's okay. It's fucking life. And so maybe like if Drew were like, it's my mom's fault because she was an addict and blah, blah, blah. He could also be like, well, it's my dad's fault because he didn't protect me. Right. It's everything. It's all of it. Right. What I try to highlight that, okay, that concept, the way you're describing it is finding fault in someone else and pointing to someone yeah. else. And that's, Really what it's about is we're talking about every kid, every single kid in the history of kiddom is going to have an unmet need, at least. Yeah. It might be several unmet needs. Okay. And it's what we do with those unmet needs. And that's where instead of pointing the finger at the fault of whoever for not meeting our needs, it's pointing the finger at ourselves and going, okay, now how do I get these needs met? Now what do right. I do with this feeling? Right. Okay. That's what he's kind of figuring out. And I loved that when I brought that up to him and I said that line about, okay, it's your mother's fault. Now, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And he said, yeah, it's, it's not going to resolve anything. It's just yeah. going backwards, not forwards. Right. Like, oh man. I love that. He got that. So good. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. I'm really yeah. excited to uh, hear what's next. I don't want spoilers, but. No, I can tell you but I would be making stuff up. I love doing that to you because you're so gullible. <laughs> so gullible. I really am. Do you know they took gullible out of the dictionary? Remember be how quiet. you used to be able to say like gullible in the dictionary? It's no longer in the dictionary. Be quiet. Really? No, it's well, look not. Look it up. Yes, it is. You're going to look it up, aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll you'll look up gullible and we will we will be back with you guys next week yep most likely both of us i think you, you're you're back for a while you're going to be more yeah. consistently yep uh, yep yep consistent excellent yep. excellent yep. wonderful yay we will talk at you guys in a week bye, bye.